The great, it's, you know, the beauty of it is if you fuck it up, it's like you just take five seconds and say it again. It's true. All right, here we go. All right, everyone. Welcome to the StoryWorks podcast, where we talk about all things story-centric. I'm Zach Gosen, your host. Next to me is the ever-brilliant Andrew Hall. Hello. How's it going, everybody? We also have the uh, all-knowing sound guru, Davis, with 626 Sound running audio for our podcast. Thank you, my man. Um, so welcome to our first episode. Being that is is the 45th anniversary of Star Wars, that's going to be our focus today, especially with the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series coming out. Yeah, so uh, expect, you know, a little bit of spoilers about all things Star Wars, if you're not, like, truly initiated into the nerd culture. Exactly. We're going to be um, talking about the first three episodes that are currently out. Um, we're going to have a little conversation without some spoiler aspects, but then we will be diving into specific details about the episodes. So we'll give you a warning before that happens. It's going to be in the description, so steer clear if you haven't watched Kenobi. Um but we'll let you know. So hang on. Stay here with us. We're not spoiling you. Not yet. <laughs> First, we're going back 45 years to talk about Star Wars A New Hope. 45 because years, man. It, it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. We weren't there. <laughs> I was yet nary a winkle in my father's nary eye. Nary a winkle. <laughs> but uh, obviously, for both of us, we grew up with Star Wars heavily. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. It's It would be impossible to say it didn't impact my developmental growth as a child. For sure. And it, I mean, it's, it's got such a special place in our hearts as storytellers. Um, mostly because of, the, I mean, the world building is crazy. Yeah, dude. Like, the fact that, you know, George Lucas created... He started, he started with movies about, like, cars, dude. Yeah. He was like a car guy. Mm-hmm. And he comes out of nowhere, I want to make a space opera. Space opera <laughs> about space wizards... Like, amazing. So we start with this little thing on A New Hope. You know, it, we can all admit it. You know, A New Hope is an old movie. It's it's the most dated. It's probably one of the slower Star Wars movies. Um, and to think that that's where the series started and, and how much it grew, especially with the expanded universe, even though being not canon, just yeah. to think of all the books, games, just everything oh, that sure. came after that. It's yeah, like comics. There's you know yeah, like you said. There's the extent the you know the extend expanded universe, with you know, thirty years of, you know, novels and graphic novels and widely renowned too. And then you know, Disney took over and they decided to do their own canon. That was a huge deal when, when oh, that yeah, first happened. Absolutely, people were up uh, up in arms about it. Certainly. Um, but I think it's kind of worked out for them. The, right. the new stories they've been able to tell, uh, with like, you know, Marvel comics and yeah, uh, like the new video games and everything are really incredible. Absolutely. No, I think they've, they, they needed a little bit of time to, you know, for Disney to start kind of getting their, their Star Wars feels. I know a lot of people don't like the sequel movies that much, but there's still so much more happening besides those. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, that works. I know you read the comics. Yeah. And yeah. they're even talking about, you know, they're, they're breaking new ground in the comic territory. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's like the, my, my favorite one is like the Star Wars Darth Vader series, which is just, you know, not to go into any spoilers, it's just insane. It's oh just gosh. like, you know, it takes place in between each of the movies, and it just chronicles Vader's journey. And Yeah, you don't get a lot of internal monologue, I mean, ever, from Vader, no, so it's no, like, not really. that's all that that comic is. You're yeah, seeing and I everything. Mean, even then, you don't really get too, you don't really get, like, any internal monologues. It's just him standing there. Menacingly. Menacingly. <laughs> Yeah, man. So, I mean, it's just crazy that George Lucas started on something so small, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it just it I grew more than he could have ever even imagined. Oh, for sure. And, I mean, that's like he built it off of something, you know, so small like episode four. But even then he was like laying the seeds of oh, world for sure. building. You for know? sure. 
the Clone Wars are like briefly mentioned. Yeah, and no, that like exactly. sets up like a whole past thing. You know? the, oh my gosh, I love the Clone Wars so much. Oh man, such a beautiful. Yeah. And then show. yet, like that opened the door for like the prequels to exist. And exactly, and that helps bridge us into you know that that's what we we really grew up on is the prequels. Those are the movies that were coming out. Oh, for sure. When we were kids, yes. So you know, we we had. The original trilogy, and I, I just remember watching that on VHS, like at yeah. my aunt's house, like had, over had, and over I again. I had them on DVD. But when we were going to the theater, we were going to see episode two, episode, episode three. Episode two and three, yeah. Um, which is just so crazy. Uh, and that can help us kind of start talking about Ewan McGregor, you know? Yeah. Um, Good old Obi-Wan. Such a beautiful Obi-Wan Kenobi. Did you know he had relation to Alec Guinness, who played Obi-Wan in A New Hope? Really? Yeah. I just learned that recently. What was, what's the relation? I can't. It's like I can't remember the connection. But I was watching an interview recently, and he's got a very, like a distant connection to Alec Guinness. Okay. Like that's how he saw Star Wars originally with his family, um, and then he he steps into the shoes of Obi Wan, which is awesome. Um, that's I very cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so one of the big things about the prequels and, and when talking about Ewan and even Hayden Christensen's, I mean, every actor's experience on the films, the filming style was so different from the original trilogy, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, from complete practical to, to a complete 180, just yeah. blue screens. Yeah, they went from filming episode four in a hot, hot desert. Hot, hot desert. With with our with our legendary with hot boom, shorts boom man. guy, hot shorts man, the the, the short shorts, we got to get Davis uh, to do a cosplay of. Oh my the, god! Yes, <laughs> our sound guru. Yep. Next Halloween, Davis is gonna get, get the the pink short shorts on, get a nice tan on, hold that boom. Hell mic. yeah! <laughs> so they went from from filming in actual deserts, you know, real locations, um, all practical effects almost, to a blank screen. With You're in a blue in front room. Of it. Yeah. You know, Ewan McGregor talks a lot about the difficulty in filming in conditions like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's like at, at most you'd get like in, in Attack of the Clones when when they're tied to the pillar mm-hmm. in the arena. Like, yeah. The pillar was real. Yeah. But, but everything, everything else was just a blue screen. It, it completely like removes any sense of like immersion that you could Zero. have. Like, For real. I remember seeing like the behind the scenes shots of uh, him and Hayden Christensen on uh, the speeder when they're chasing yes. uh, the bounty hunter in episode two. Yes. And just it, like that speeder is the only thing in that shot aside from a blue wall and yep. Ewan McGregor laying on it. <laughs> Legendary photo. Legendary photo. With the with the um he had the hairstyle in episode two, man. What a hairstyle. That's that's the kind of mullet we need. All right. You have to respect it. You have to bring balance to the force. <laughs> bring balance to the hairstyle. For real. So so Ewan's first appearance. In Star Wars, Episode One, Phantom Menace. We're in Padawan mode. Yes. Um, it has one of my personal favorite Jedi Masters, Qui-Gon. Good um, old Qui-Gon. Oh, and what a callback we get to Ooh. Qui-Gon so far in the Kenobi series. Mm. Uh, we'll dive into that a little bit later, but holy moly. Liam Neeson, man. What a what an actor. <laughs> After all eight Taken movies, <laughs> but maybe no. he will return. Yeah, but no, I mean, honestly, he... Uh, Playing Qui-Gon Jinn, he brought such, like, a air of, like, how do I say it? You know, he was a different type of Jedi. Exactly. Exactly. He He's introduced, and, you know, you have Obi-Wan, who's just, like, you know, your basic little Padawan learner. Uh, and then you have Qui-Gon, who is, like... I guess you could call it like the liberal <laughs> yeah, uh, Jedi Master. He, you know, he questions things. He has we're at a different we're at a weird point in the, the yeah. And I mean, at this point, are, yeah. the prequels exist in a world where you know Some, there was there was the you know like the like in, sorry in the in the original trilogy they right. set up you know the Republic is this old thing that existed you know and there were these big Clone Wars and then you learn about you know. The Republic existed, but there's things that have existed for hundreds of thousands yeah. of years before that. Exactly. 
so it's just crazy. You just never know when you're gonna, when, where you're going to land. You exactly. Know I mean? Yeah. You and got because there's Knights of the Old Republic. Like exactly. There's yeah. just so much to this history. Mm-hmm. It's insane. And you know the Jedi have existed throughout all of it. But when we get to the prequels, we find ourselves at a time where the Jedi are more policing. Yeah. Almost. They and they've they're, gone they're very from, tied to government affairs. Yeah, they've almost gone from being this order of peaceful monks, I guess, because, you know, that's technically what they're what they are. Right. Um, to, yeah, being like space cops, essentially. <laughs> they like, right? you know, they roam, they roam the galaxy and, you know, any anywhere they're at, crime is deterred because nobody wants to, you know, fuck with a Jedi. Right. Right. Um, and that's um, that's where we kind of see Qui-Gon's like stepping away a little bit you know yes. he, he just knows that it's not where they should be. yes he, he he's very much openly like kind of questioning right. the role of the jedi order and what they've become in in the time of their you know it's been a thousand years i think they say since there's been like a sith lord right and the like the republic has just been growing ever since then with the Jedi existing as these galactic peacekeepers of sorts. Until uh, Darth Maul runs up on him in the, <laughs> the, in middle, the middle of, a de- of the on desert. On a speeder and does a 360 flip on his ass. What a legend. Seriously. Oh, my gosh, dude. One of my favorite fights is the Darth Maul fight, man, at the end of episode one. I was just about to say, which one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good ones, man. There's a lot of good ones. But as a kid... Wow, I would just like rewatch that scene. Seeing, I would just rewind. Yes, when they're chasing him, well, like when he first appears in the hangar, mm. and you just he he ignites the one blade, and then oh my gosh, the dude. second blade comes out too. Oh, chills! Beautiful. It's so cool, dude. It's such an implemented thing now, but back then, when you saw that for the first time, you're like, and then you know, just hearing shit. "Duel of the Fates" in the background. Oh. It's like, oh. Yes, dude. Yes. And then, you know, they chase him throughout, like, the reactor and everything. And there's, like, the scene where they're be- where they're chasing him through those red yes. gates. Oh, my God. I love that scene, dude. And they get caught, and Maul is just pacing. He's pacing with, like, fury in his eyes. Murderous intent. Looking down on Qui-Gon, who is literally eyes closed Meditating. on his knees meditating i'm like this dude is a fucking king like holy shit and as soon as those doors go down it's it's game time we're into it man oh my god so i i just love um ewan mcgregor and liam neeson's chemistry and their dynamic in that movie um it works so well and then we go into a thing called attack of the clones which is a thing it exists it's a movie (laughs) so uh all of the difficulties of, of filming in a green screen with some additive issues <laughs> for this yes, filming process. Yes. Something that we just figured out recently, yeah. actually. Ewan spoke out about this. Um, they were filming with, with some kind of, uh, it was like a newer digital camera, but at the time, to power it. The way Ewan describes it is umbilical cords coming from this camera <laughs> leading to a corner in the room where there's a hum the entire time they're filming, there's a hum. That's the exact frequency of human, uh, the, like human voice. Yeah. So it completely cut out none of the sound, none of the dialogue from the entire filming of episode two was usable. That's an entire movie, dude. Like I couldn't even think of that happening. That would be like. What do you do, Davis? Oh, Sorry, there was noise on the mic. All right, so I've told this story probably a thousand times, but I got gifted a nice little RGB uh, keyboard from a friend. I was like, I'm going to use this with, you know, my production as a keyboard. Right. Then all of a sudden I'm getting this feedback noise about what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Really? Probably not the same exact noise that they're getting back in the day, but... I get this noise and I'm tearing down the entire studio, every cord, every wire, pulling this whole thing apart, still trying wow. to work, about damn near ready to get new microphones. It turns out it's the RGB keyboard. Really? That's I take that out of the loop. I get my new, nice new Bluetooth keyboard here. 
and problem solved. Holy shit, So at the end shit, of the day, I, I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with the new technology, I'm not surprised at all. But my favorite part is imagining everybody like, all right, that's it. Wrap it up for the day. Right. And then they're like, psych, you got to go do psych. ADR for the next six months. <laughs> oh, and, my God. But it's God. impressive, though, because nobody's nobody, unless you, like, know that yeah. sort of thing, has ever once mentioned any sort of voice voiceovers, you know what I'm saying? Right. Because nobody ever know, mentioned, like, from a consumer standpoint, like, uh-huh. hey, that word didn't line up. You know what I'm right. saying? They don't notice that. So it, kudos to them for the the accuracy. Right. And, you know what I'm saying? Because that stuff can be hard. You know, even Dude, for us doing for sure. blind takes that aren't going to line up with, yeah. with words. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? So, yeah. No, I've tried to do ADR when I was in, in school and in, in my sound design class. Yeah. Dude, it's not easy. Yeah, I had You're to do trying... a World War II film. Yeah. I'm trying to do blood-curdling screams sitting in my chair. Right, like, you know right. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Like, i got to work up to it and be like, ah! And, like, yeah. yeah, and not only do you have to match the timing of the lips perfectly, yeah. you need to match the inflections yeah. of you the body. Yeah, that energy, like everything. It, and that's just so hard. Like, I always mm-hmm. knew that there was something that felt so slightly off it's about episode two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's exactly what it was. So I just can't believe that, ah, dude. You think you're done with work, and they're like, yeah, we got some really <laughs> shitty news, guy." <laughs> this was, like, the perfect take, but... Uh, we really need you to just re-record the lines. Right, and he said that they, they shot the whole thing on, like, one zoom lens. Yeah, they were, the it took camera like 30 was, like, minutes so to change far the lens. away. Yeah. yeah. Insanity. It's crazy, man. So What a production. For real. From that, you know, we, we get into episode three, which, you know, I'll, I'll die on the hill. I fucking love episode three, I'll, dude. I'll, I'll be right there with you, man. It's, it's, <laughs> I'll die. It's one of my favorite Star Wars. I'll films, die on man. that hill in Mustafar, right there with Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> it's over. I have the high ground. Oh my gosh! You know, despite it, that's the thing that I love about the the actors from the prequels is that now they have seen that we were their audience, yes. and that we we grew up with them. And despite no matter what the critics said. It seems like the crew and the cast took big hits from from the critics and like yeah. that kind of feedback they were receiving back in the day, but they can finally feel the appreciation that the people they made the movies for have. Yes. It's it's so very like clear now, right. like, like you know, you know, hindsight or whatever. But to like exist in the current year and see, you know, oh Everybody lo- like loved the prequel movies, like thought they were really fun and you right. know crazy movies. To hear that, you know, fifteen years after they've released, it, I'm sure it feels really good. Right. No, exactly. And me and you even together have watched, you know, um, Ewan and Hayden Christensen do uh, like a bunch of interviews and kind of yeah. talk shows together. Wow, they just are smiling like all just so smiles. Happy, so happy to be there. And oh be my back. gosh, I know, and and just hearing them talk about the prequels and, and their like it experience feels like rewatching they loved, them. They loved doing it, right? Exactly. Uh, it, it's just it's just great, and it's it's so awesome that we get to see these guys in their element again in the Obi Wan Kenobi series. Oh, it's it's yeah, no, it's definitely beautiful. Something that we never thought we would see, man. You know, it's just no, absolutely not. It's a, it's a big win for our generation, I think. It's awesome. Um, and they get to feel this new set, this new way that Lucasfilms yes. works, um, how they have adapted their sets since they started The Mandalorian, which is we're going back to practical. Yes, very Which much is so. amazing. Very, amazing. You, love to, you just love to see, instead of, you know, CG Yoda. Right. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, I hated every aspect of the prequels, because I don't, obviously. Right. I love the prequels. Right. But, you know, the the overuse of CG for everything was just kind of, you know, it, it's there, and you can't yeah. ignore it. Yeah. So to see, you know, The Mandalorian and, like, you know, the newer Star Wars movies. And right. You know, Obi-Wan used this new, like, set design where it's, you know, practical effects mixed with... You're finally on the set. Yes. You feel like you're on Tatooine. Yes. He never got that before. You know, Mark Hamill did. Yeah. Um, Carrie Fisher did. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody in those prequels, like, they were in Star Wars. 
but it almost didn't feel like you were in Star Wars. You were on a set in exactly. Star Wars, not right. And there. it's just such a such a more immersive experience for them now. And I love that they're given that awesome opportunity. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you know, I I remember uh hearing like seeing in an interview that Ewan McGregor was giving about uh the lightsabers and yes. how uh during the prequels, they would have a man whose entire job was just fashioning, like, their lightsabers to have, yeah. like, ten of them on deck because they'd go through a scene and they would just destroy these lightsabers yeah. during the fight scene. You see how hard they're whipping those things on each other? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, to see in the, you know, in Obi-Wan, they gave him, you know, a real, like... yeah weighty like actual lightsaber yes and uh i just when he when he was talking about that he was just you know blown away by it it's just so cool oh yeah and and in his first experience on set he was i was listening to another interview he did where he he talked about um just he was running lines i believe for the first time like on the set they borrowed the Mandalorian set, <laughs> like on oh, a really? Sunday or something, because uh, this was obviously before the Kenobi set was ready to go. Yeah, um, they hopped onto a Mandalorian set. He found he, he looked for some robes that he thought um, seemed the most Obi Wan ish. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, he got his uh, lightsaber, and he said he walked out, and like the whole cast, like the cast was just staring at him and all, and like. Oh. He, that's just like he felt so immersed in that moment. And yeah. it's just, it's awesome. And they, they deserve that. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, the huge, going from green screens to like an actual set in this new technology that they're using with the huge LED screen backgrounds. Yeah. Not only are you standing in Tatooine, but you've got, you're surrounded by actual skies. They can actually have the two suns in the background. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. You're actually looking into it. It's, That's crazy, man. Yeah, no, like the... That's like straight up real life role playing. Like, n- no, for, for real. real. Like, I, like how I was saying, like the prequels kind of like removed all immersion from it. It's like... We've 180. We've, we've, it's like the other side of the coin, yeah. For sure. The, the immersion is like so in depth. Right. I want to talk a little bit about Obi-Wan. Um, no spoilers yet. We're going to have kind of a general discussion here. Um what are your first impressions? Just, just off from the top of your head. Just from like the first step, like you know, just from like impressions from the, like the first episode, first episode or, or the... just general impressions okay. from how far we've gotten. We've, well, there's three episodes out right now. We just caught up last night. I think that it's a story about trauma. Yes. Um, and it's a story about dealing with said trauma. Right. Um. Being forced to. Yes. Really, like... Yeah. Um, I... You know, I. it might be, you know, just because I'm so excited to see you and McGregor on screen again, <laughs> but, like, I... Right. I have been, like, blown away by uh, just all of Obi-Wan so far. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's completely, you know, shattered my expectations of what it could be and uh i'm very excited to see how it all plays out i'm so sad there's only six man we're halfway through it it's crazy a season two has been greenlit from what i know no yeah they said it was a limited series but they this was like the biggest disney plus like star wars premiere yeah i mean that's been released understandably so so they were like, cha-ching, baby, season two. I just want, I'm wondering <laughs> what you could do. We're going to have to see how season one ends, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but how did you feel about the actors' performances? I, I mean. I think, you know, I think everybody has done great so far. Right. Um, even, you know, because I, I think it's a really, I think it's a sign of like a good character if you're able to play a villain yeah well enough to where you just hate seeing them right like you you see them on screen and you're just like oh i i don't like you and i want you to get off the screen <laughs> yeah exactly and that definitely exists in this show right um the inquisitors are such a 
such a force yes. to be reckoned with, man. Yes. And we've seen this not only in this, we've seen this in Star Wars Rebels. We've seen this in Rebels, Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, Fallen Order. Um, man, I, I've loved the concept of the Inquisitors since they have brought them about. And to yeah. see them... They're in the comics as well. Yeah, yeah. It's... Yeah, no, they're, they're very, very cool. And I guess, you know... Would you consider this to, you know, start to begin to get into spoiler discussion or? Yeah, I'm going to say right now, everybody listening, it's, it's spoiler, spoiler time. time. We're getting into the spoilers. If you don't want to be spoiled, then I suggest you don't listen right now. <laughs> All right. You've been warned. If you're still here, fucking here we go. <laughs> so episode one. Episode one. Really really interesting i loved the beginning dynamic this is obi-wan in his day-to-day life mundane 10 years later 10 years after the events of episode three um we are what i mean what it's his job he's like a butcher almost yeah he works in the middle of the desert. Yeah, he takes a shuttle every day yeah, out there. Yeah, out there, and he's, you know, there's this huge, he, like, wing. Dead in the face, man. Wing or something that from, like, this giant Some creature. Kind of, yeah. That they're just, like, harvesting. And, yeah. And he's cutting it up into, like, ration pieces. Right. Saves a little bit for his, um, for his mount. Yeah. Um, Very sweet. We see this cycle about three times with some... Like variations in between. Yeah, and every single time he just looks so soulless. It's yeah, it hurts, man. It hurts. You just feel the weight of everything on his face. Like just after you know seeing Obi Wan through the prequels and seeing how expressive he is, and right, seeing him and you know the you know the animated materials. The you know the Clone Wars and just you know seeing he's even more expressive I feel like in that right and then just to he's a shell of what yeah. of that Obi Wan man mm-hmm. it's just been these days he says yes and oh, it just it hurts. it hurts oh man um so I think Owen might be my favorite Star Wars character canonically now understand <laughs> after I mean, episode one he's got the he's got like absolute <laughs> balls oh my god he's got big balls <laughs> he he um he's he's like fuck off with your shit obi-wan yeah, <laughs> pretty I mean, much yeah like you like I don't care see, yeah just you know i don't care that you brought us these tools right we don't want them Oh my gosh, he brings, oh, he gets Luke, it shows him getting Luke that, that uh, ship that he's playing yeah, with. Yeah, the and little the new toy hope. ship, yeah. And, oh my gosh. And Owen, you know, throws it down yeah. and he's like, he doesn't need that, it's a symbol of, you know, something else. Right. And it just, you know, he, he you know, tells Obi-Wan off, he's like, you know, what? Like, yeah, yeah No, legit, he's, Middle you know, up, what are baby. you going to do? Teach him like you taught his father? Oh my god, that hurts so bad. And just like seeing like the like the shot to the heart on right. Obi-Wan's face. Right? I was fucking working out when I walked. I like I said he's like the he's kind of the shell of a man, but he's holding and he's holding on to that one thing like the boy must be trained when the time comes. Mm-hmm. He has that in Owen's like eat three dicks consecutively. Like no, you're not you're not doing it. He's a yeah. he's a boy. He deserves to just live his life. Yeah, which I I, I love that about Owen. Honestly, he just, yeah, he's he's trying to do what he thinks is best for his adopted son. Right, right. For his his you know nephew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we have um, him standing up to to Reva. Yeah. So yeah, the 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 Inquisitorious squad yeah. is is here, and they are. You know, terrifying. <laughs> uh, you know, for those they, who don't, they dehand a man. Yeah, for Very those who quickly. don't really know, aren't aren't super versed in in the Star Wars lore. They're like these dark side force wielders who have been trained by Darth Vader himself to so badass to just hunt down uh, remaining Jedi after Order sixty six. You know what's interesting enough about their characters too is we we usually find that in in um, 
in some of the other material that they are traumatized as well. Oh, yeah. Most they're def- forced into this and, and they're, they're manipulated so hard. Well, I mean, you know. I mean, so is Anakin Skywalker. Pain, it's a cycle, pain bro. Pain leads to anger. Anger yeah. leads to hate. Absolutely. So that even more, you know, hits that kind of trauma theme on a mm-hmm. different level, you know? Very much so, yeah. And, you know, so the the Inquisitors are just here on Tatooine. We get Moses Ingram, who is who is Reva. Yes. Um, f- fiercing her fangs. She is an absolute madwoman in this show, man. She is like insane. She's power hungry. She's the girl. She she rolls up and cuts a fucker's hand off, yep. dude. Just rolls up. up. She's just tell me where the Jedi is. Oh, nobody's talking. Slice. This person has a fixation on Obi Wan as specifically. Soon as we see yeah, it. Yep. she she's a a go getter, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, she really wants to become top dog. Right. We get the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah. So yeah, we you know she's she's like the new girl on the block in terms of like the Inquisitors. Right. And she's trying like, to make her waves. Yeah, she wants to you know move up in the power scaling. Right. And uh, it's her, the Grand Inquisitor, and then another Inquisitor, the fifth brother. Yes, fifth brother. And uh, they just show up, and they're looking for a Jedi, start cutting people's hands off, because, you know... That's the theme of Star Wars, man. You gotta lose a hand in a Star Wars You piece. always gotta. This time, it was just somebody completely non-related to anything. They're like, we've done it to all our main characters, here's Jim on the side, get fucked. No, literally, because, you know, the best bait to draw out a Jedi is regular human suffering. And they go with that theme hard, and we'll talk about that for episode three, because hot damn. Yes. That shit was crazy. But, and, and the beauty of, you know, that first part, when, they, when the Inquisitors show up and they're cutting people's hands off, they're not even looking for Obi-Wan. They're looking they're for— They're just looking for—yeah. They, they know that there's a Jedi there, and they're just looking for that one. Yep. And then, you know, he reveals himself. He ends up running into Obi-Wan after escaping oh, from man. the Inquisitors. Yep. Recognizes him as, you know, your your, your, your master yeah. Obi-Wan. Yeah. Oh, man. And he's like, I'm Ben. Yeah, please stop talking. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. You need to leave. And, you know, he pulls out his, the dude pulls out his lightsaber and he's like, no, I'm a Jedi. And Obi-Wan's just like... That line, bro. If you if you want to survive, you need to take that thing, walk out into the middle of the desert, and bury it. Dude, it just hits so hard. And never, never look at it again. It that it's such a heavy and line. And then he just man. and then he leaves the dude. Yep. And the dude is just like, you know, what what happened to you, right. one? And you know, later in that episode, we find that uh, he has been found by the Inquisitors and uh, made an example of, right. to say the least. Yeah, that it's a heavy episode, man. To be honest, they all are pretty, pretty yeah, rough yeah. in a good way, though. You know what I mean? But then, you know, like you were saying, they they eventually do kind of pick up on the trail of you know Obi Wan's here. Yeah, and that's that's Reva's obsession because I believe she talks the Grand Inquisitors like. I know why you're snooping around kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he, he pretty easily susses her out. Right. Uh, from there, then we're introduced to little Leia. Little Leia. Little Leia Organa. Um, we did also get to see, you know, little Luke, which is, you know, adorable. Yes. Seeing he was, him sit on top of the yes, house piloting. With his flight goggles. Oh, my gosh. Yes, Vivian Lyra Blair is who plays Leia in this. Um, she's doing great, man. I mean, she's a little kid, and she yeah, is totally Yeah, for being like a child it. actress. Right. Uh, incredible. This is where we get our conflict. This is where we get Obi-Wan, his call to action. Yes. This is what, what pushes the story forward inevitably. So, yeah, so Reva, uh, in her bid to, you know, make a name for herself, she hires some bounty hunters to uh, kidnap Bail Organa's daughter, yep. Leia. And, uh, Which is none other than Flea, the bassist from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's, it's Flea. It's kind of insane. I about shit three bricks. Say Donnie Thornberry. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. no, literally. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, she hires him and his squad to he did could too man kidnap this kid. Yep, because she knows that uh, taking this kid will draw out Obi Wan. Yep, dude. Going, going back to that theme of the best bait for a Jedi is right. You know, people people in danger. Exactly. Um, I I I love that that was the tie in to get him moving. Um, my one complaint, my one complaint with the entire episode is the chase scene while they're chasing Leia through the woods. It's very her, cartoony. Her legs are so small, man. I don't know how they could have shot that different to make it. It was like you could. T- yeah, bro. They're like, like no, wide like, hopping, trying to like, they were, I don't they even were know. like, OK, we'll put him in a forest. So, you know, it, she'll be able to kind of squeeze through tighter pastures. But then I think they should have worked that more. Yes, because they were like, we'll shoot it in this forest. But then they were like, she's sprinting here's, on a trail. Here's this trail, this open trail where they're just. They look. They look like they're the like f- jogging. They're like crab walking, man. And and then they, you know they trip over like the branches and stuff. Yeah. I think it would have been better if you know it had been like maybe more of like a marshy zone or something like that. Yeah. Or just something. Find to, more of a practical way. Something to impede their movement more, but allow her. Yeah. yeah right. Exactly. Something yeah. Like that. Maybe you walk somewhere on that planet. My <laughs> but just, you know, you know, something to let her, you know, crawl around a bit more to like make more ground or right. something. That was my one complaint. Also, if the Grand Inquisitor's head was a little less round. Yeah. If it was a little more oval shaped, I don't know. I feel like I might be a little more intimidated. I will say. He's got a he, big I, round head. It, he does look a lot better than he did in the, like, Obi-Wan trailers. Yeah. I don't know what it was about in the trailers, but he looked way worse. He looks yeah. better in this, but still not great. Right, right. So for the rest, you know, of episode one, we, we get, you know, Leia's captured. Our man digs up his lightsaber. Yes, that's out how in the it desert. ends. Yep, and then we get our credits. You get to see uh, his lightsaber and Anakin's old lightsaber. Yeah, dude. Oh man, just brutal imagery. Seriously, it just, it, you know, I love Anakin, so just seeing his lightsaber just dude. hurts. Right. <laughs> Especially, I mean, we have a relationship further with Anakin because if you, like, watch the Clone Wars series. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh, dude. I mean, they just give so much depth to everyone that deserved it in the prequels. Oh, yeah. No, I just think of, you know, entire episodes that just dive deep into, like, mm. Anakin and what is in store for him. Right, dude, right. I think, like, the Mortis arc from the Clone Wars. Yeah. Whether they're on that planet. So much foreshadowing. Yeah, dude, yeah. It's got some crazy shit. Dave Filoni is a Star Wars god. I'm so glad that he's, like... Big hat Filoni. Yes. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> Just let him do whatever he wants with the Star Wars universe. Oh, my God. Please, honestly. for the love of God. He's the second coming of Lucas. Like, legit. For sure. But, um, yeah, so that's the end of episode one. Yeah. He, uh... Well, yeah, so Bale meets him on uh, at, in his cave on Tatooine and is like, hey, I need you to help save my daughter. Yep. He tries to transmit to him first, and then he just rolls up on his ass. Because it's like, because at first Obi-Wan's like, oh, I'm, I can't do it. My right. duty is to the boy. And, at, you know. Your duty was to both of them, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bale shows up and reminds him of his real duty. Uh-huh. And he finally is like, you know what? You're right. It's time. Yep. And then so episode two, we we get thrown into this more like crime-ridden kind of planet. Way different feel. You know, we're off Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like a very neon night-esque kind of vibe. Yes. Almost kind of like uh, the streets of Coruscant in episode two. Yeah. Dude, like that's 100% what we're looking Except at. Except it's like, and, I, and you know, this is like a beautiful parallel to draw here. Yeah. To think of those scenes in episode two where Obi-Wan was there in the, you know, in those seedy neon bars and right. stuff. No death sticks for me. Yeah, to see that and know that it was all, you know, a blue screen. Yeah. To, to he's then, to now, then he's now here. yeah, have the parallel be the other side of the coin be here. He is in this super 
dense, like physically dense right. uh, neon underscape, and it's just very cool to see. He's in the thick of it. Yes, very yeah. much so. So um, we've got Obi Wan on this on this planet with Leia. They're trying to get back to her father. Yes, and of course we're running into a whole shit show along the way. Um, we got bounty hunters. Rave, like Obi's Rave, uh, name is puts it. out like a huge ass yeah. bounty on Obi Wan. Obi Wan is here, and we're getting his ass. Like that's the whole that's the whole shit. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, you know, it gets a little action heavy kind of towards the end. We get to see yes. we get to see our man like busting some fucking moves. Oh yeah, um, he's just kicking he's ass not, too, and bro. He's, and he's not using his lightsaber. No, that's what I'm saying. He, he's throwing hands, dude. He's like, you know, you want to fuck around? How about you find out? Like, <laughs> dude, straight up. And he just crushes dudes, man. It's it's impressive to see. And then, so you know. So uncivilized is what he's And then, yeah, he also said, pulls yeah. out a blaster. <laughs> you know, when I saw that in the episode, he just, he knows what's about to happen. And yeah. so he takes the initiative and blap. Oh man! And you just think Quick shot. you just think right back to episode three when he kills Grievous, yes. and you just hear him say, "So uncivilized," yes. as he tosses the blaster away. <laughs> now my man's like in the crime slums, just yes. beating ass. With his my bare man hands. has become uncivilized. Oh fuck! I love it. Um, then yeah, we get just, to the point where where Leia sees that he's wanted and kind of goes into a little spiral kind of trip. I yeah, don't know who to she, trust. Yeah, she she thinks that, you know, he's the he's really the one who kidnapped her in the first place. And it's a whole, you know, because he didn't tell her what was going on. Right. There's no there's no real trust between either of them at that point and she decides Sprint. I'm running away. We've, I don't trust you anymore. Right. We get a full rooftop jumping sequence of him and chasing her. And this chase scene makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Like, she's she's running through a big crowded area. You know, there's people flooding these streets. Way easier for a small kid to move through those than exactly. it would be for an adult. It looked natural. You know what I yes. mean? And then by the time they get, like, up to the rooftop, she's got a good lead She's on already them. got that distance, yeah. Right. Until they are finally cornered and... Um, Cornered by some bounty hunters, I believe. Yeah, yeah and they're taking some Obi-Wan's, blaster fire. Obi Wan's down behind like a AC unit, right. almost. It looks like, and yeah. he's just peeking out from behind cover, firing blaster shots left yeah. and right. And then that is what signals Reva. Reva is here. She's waiting. She's she looks literally. Like it's kind of insane. She's like perched up on like the tallest building, just right. overwalk overwatching the city. And then she finally sees the gunfire and. I'm not joking. She does like an Assassin's Creed leap of faith. Straight up, and it looks badass. I don't care. I don't care. It's insane. It's like, badass. Her, and then, yeah, and then she does like a whole like parkour bit. It's, it's. That was crazy. Unreal. She does a backflip. She does a jumping <laughs> backflip while moving forward. It seems Into a, into yeah. a rolling <laughs> somersault. Oh, shit. It's, it's, I was like, I don't know if that saved you time or added a couple but seconds. But it definitely looked cool. It definitely looked badass, too. There's one, like, she, like, does a full, like, 360, like, sideways swing on that this That one I was, like... You could have just kept running straight. Yeah. She, like, it's literally like she's she's running and there's, like, a thing that she could easily just, like, hop over. But instead, she, like, 360, like, wall runs and, like, <laughs> spins. Mm-hmm. No, literally, like, Mirror's Edge. And then it's just, like, running again. Right. And you're just, like, you could have just hopped over it. But it's still really cool. Right. Then we get to the point and of then, episode two, well, which is. Leia falls. Yeah. Yep. She takes a she takes a dive right, and uh, she's hanging on these like wires off this building, and Obi Wan's just like Leia, hold on. Yeah, like what are you gonna do, bud? And uh, she falls. She she can't hold on. And for the first time in ten years, he reaches out in desperation, and he manages to slow her descent. Yeah, it was. Uh, Right at the end there, too, man. Uh, like, he was, like, his eyes were closed, and he was, like, uh Just trying as hard as he could. Right. And then finally he manages to make contact with the Force once again. Oh, my God, the reconnection. You fucking love to see uh, it. So then we wind up um, 
on like a, a like a freight to get out of here pretty much. Yeah, That's the so whole point. we We're get introduced the to uh, like a kind of um, con artist, I guess you would call him. Right. Uh, who's like pretending to be a Jedi. And, uh, I love that play too. <laughs> he he eventually you know helps Obi Wan get off world because he realizes that he's like an actual Jedi and uh, tells him you know get to this transport it'll get you off planet and then from there mm-hmm. somebody else will help you get where you need to go and uh, they manage to escape and well while they're mm. escaping yep. rather they're uh, at like the shipping dock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reva, Reva is there waiting. <laughs> yep. Obi-Wan. It's, it's, like, like, it's like a horror yeah, scene almost. Yes, She's like absolutely. looking for him with the, you got the red light igniting the place up. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the Grand Inquisitor walks in and a little exchange happens. You are the least of us. Yeah. And pretty uh, much trying to put her down. Yeah. I, I don't, you know. It could be argued that he's trying to, like, steal her credit for right. uh, capturing Obi-Wan. Pretty much. Uh, that's what she says. That's she what says. she says. But he, he frames it as, mm-hmm. I don't want to have you be the reason that he escapes again. Right. And he goes to, you know. Move aside. <laughs> and, and he starts making moves to go after Obi-Wan. And uh, she fucking stabs his ass. She ignites her lightsaber and fucking stabs him, runs him through. That was crazy, man. That was a really interesting decision. I didn't see it coming. No, I didn't think did, her drive that, was that hard. No, that shocked me. But that allowed them to escape. Yeah, and yeah, it was all because she couldn't just uh-huh. she couldn't just let the Grand Inquisitor help her. Yep. She had to do it herself, and because of that, that gave Obi-Wan and Leia enough time to get off-world. Exactly. So we And we've got this immediate inner tor- turmoil between the Inquisitors. So it's like they're fighting their own battles like within each other. That's which the is beauty. Kinda, it's that's, help, yeah, it's helping the beauty Obi-Wan. of the dark side, man. It, 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 it doesn't lend itself well to many numbers. Exactly. The rule of two. And even in the rule of two, they're fucking killing each other at yeah, the end of it. Yeah, <laughs> um, So that leads us into episode three, my absolute favorite episode. Can we, can we just talk one, one second about the yeah. final shot of episode two where it's just... Oh, yeah. That's what leads us into episode three. The hard three. cut to just Vader in the Colto tank. Because that, that's, well, yes, that's, Reva is like, he's still alive. You didn't know Obi-Wan? Yeah. Oh he's still alive. God, yeah. And we get this zoom in, this this really close-up shot of Ewan just, oh, my God. And he he plays it through his eyes so well, man. Just All that like history rushing through. Yeah. As, as he realizes that he didn't finish it. We get that hard cut to... Oh, Anakin just looking not good. He looks like a man who's been through hell. Yep, quite literally. So that is what brings us in. It's Vader time, baby. He's finally here. And he looks magnificent, man. Like, this is such a such a refreshing Vader to see. You know, whenever we've seen him before, except in, like, Rogue One, he's very stiff. Yes. You know, he's not got a lot of motion to him. Like, even when he's just sitting in a chair and, like, talking to Reva, yeah, he's, he's got a lot of emotion. He's, he's doing a lot of body and, acting. Yeah. yeah. And it's, like, yeah, it's small, but you don't see that before. So it's just, like, it's such a fresh take on the character. Oh, very much so. And it gets fresher. It's good shit. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I like just seeing and like I, I said this to you when we watched it, but just mm-hmm. seeing Darth Vader on screen again. Right. Like, you know, you saw him in Rogue One for just a teensy bit at the end there. But yeah. like really getting to see Darth Vader like in action for the first time in yeah. You know, 15 years or so. For real, man. Uh, Extensively, too, you know? like It's, they, it's beautiful. They really oh let him God. shine in this episode. It, there's just something about Darth Vader, man. And just knowing that it's Hayden in that suit, oh. you're like, you just feel it, man. You just, you can feel it. I and it's saw, amazing. Um, a quote from, like, an interview that Ewan McGregor gave yeah. where he was saying that uh, he was on set one day and everybody showed up. Everybody was there. And he was like, what is everybody here for? Like, why is, like, literally everybody here? Like, I don't understand. And then Hayden walked out in, in Vader suit. Yep. And uh, 
it clicked in his head that it was like that was that's the first time that he walked out in in Vader getup and everybody wanted to be there for it. Oh yeah. And he was like it's just an iconic moment. Absolutely, man. I couldn't even imagine like I mean, being on set. He described that. His scenes with Vader as being like terrifying, yeah, like a scary monster. Shaking he was in like, my I, boots. He's like, I haven't felt fear like that since I was a kid. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. And that—that's how you know they have such a connection with those characters too. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, man. So we really get to see Vader shining in this episode. Um, we get a really cool kind of beginning sequence. They're, they're on this new planet. It's kind of like a minor planet from what we get. It's like a, um, yeah, it's like a deserty kind yeah. of, it, like the way I described it to Zach when I saw it was that it looked like Red Dead Redemption. Literally, dude. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, like those empty barren deserts with like cacti yeah. and stuff. Um, but yeah, they're on this planet looking for a way off of it Mm -hmm. and uh eventually they run into uh freck i believe his name was fucking freck he's you know really nice guy he pulls up and he sees him he's like oh you guys are like stranded they come up with some cover story and hop on in he's like oh you're on you're going to the port so am i hop on in i'll give you a ride no problem and obi-wan's like eh yeah, I, I don't. I, I think we're okay walking. There's a big theme in this with Leia being like, "I want people's help," and Obi Wan being like, yeah. "People aren't great." Yeah, Leia's <laughs> like, "Well, I'm tired of walking, so we're gonna actually hop in." And they right. walk around the back to hop into the truck, and what do they see on the back of the truck? But a big old Empire logo. Beautiful. And uh, <laughs> you know, they, immediate anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> Obi Wan is just like, "This is not good." <laughs> we get like a couple more minutes in. We're having some conversation. We get some awesome talk about Leia never meeting her father, always like wondering about him. And then Obi-Wan even talking about his childhood. He mentions about that getting how you're taken away as a child when you're a Jedi. And, and he mentions that he, he thinks he had a brother. Yeah, dude. I'm just like, dude, there's like they're adding layers to this. You know, mm-hmm. it's just you like you can just see in his face that it's like, you know, he it's sad for him that like. I had a brother. Yeah. I never really got to know him. And then he says, then the Jedi was my family. But, but, and, and then, then Anakin yeah, was his brother. And he takes it, and, <laughs> and it's kind of crazy that he, you know, because, like, very much so, you know, like, Anakin, he became a member of the Order, but he never really gave up on his mom. Right. Like, you know, she was always his family, whereas, like, Obi-Wan is, it's like, the other, you yeah. know, the other side of that coin. I keep using that term. Yeah. But, like, how Obi-Wan became a member of the order and like completely dove it's, into it and was yeah. like these this is my family. Yep. This is my family and like w- galactic peace is the is, is the goal. The end goal. My allegiance is to the republic, <laughs> to democracy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, I I love that bit of convo. Mm-hmm. Then we immediately get some tension because Freck pulls over. We get a a, a troop of stormtroopers coming in the back. Literally like four hey, stormtroopers. We're friendly with Freck. Freck's a good a, a good local, you know. And they just hop in and then they get some questioning. Yeah, with they start Obi-Wan. kind of grilling Obi-Wan. It's a, just a tense scene with them being surrounded by stormtroopers just staring at He them. slips and he calls her Leia. Yeah, dude. And he has to like cover it up by saying that that was the name of his wife. Yeah. He's he's so grief-stricken that when he sees his daughter's face, sometimes yep. he sees his, his wife or yeah. her mother rather. And it's just like a really sweet, you know, double meaning. Yeah, because it's like yeah, Padme, that's a lie, He talks a lot about Padme in that way. Like yeah, he slips in those references like very much. You know, fearless, you're, you're you, a fearless. You warrior. remind me of your mother. Yeah. And, oh my god, dude, it hits. But yeah, eventually, you know, they manage to you know survive that interrogation, and the yeah. stormtroopers leave. It's all fine and dandy. Only to then find ourselves. And then they pull up to a fucking checkpoint. <laughs> At a checkpoint. Yep. And um, Freck gets Freck out. is like, you know, he's like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, I know these guys. It's no big deal. It's just going to be like, you know, real quick thing. And they pull up and Freck gets out and talks to the troopers. And he's like, hey, I found these dudes out in the desert. Freck is a fucking bootlicker, He's a baby. fucking snitch, dude. Through and through, dude. He's like, I, I, I found these guys out in the desert. I think you should check them out. Yep. And they're like, thanks, Freck. Good job. <laughs> yeah, for real. They come out and they, you know, scan his face and it's it's revealed yep. that he's wanted. And the Inquisitors get that small blip. They know yep. he's there. 
Obi-Wan has to, you know, pull his blaster out and blast all these stormtroopers. We get some big ass kicking again, yeah. He gets, uh, you know, he knocks out Freck. He shoots down a fucking stormtrooper <laughs> into the the laser beam of the checkpoint, bisecting him, which oh is like... Oh my god, dude. We had to rewind that. It, it looks way more brutal than any, like, Star Wars bisection I think I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, dude. Dude, so, like, it's, like, three laser beams there that are acting as this gate, and he gets shot off the tower and just falls, falls through it. Through the lasers, and it's, like, his body just separates and just, whop, flops on him. <laughs> it's like, insane. dude, that was, like, worse than Darth Maul oh, somehow. Sure. Like, like you said, like, that's, like, that was devastating. Uh, but, yeah, so he gets... You know, through that checkpoint. Yes. And uh, and then we finally, you know, eventually. They're in, this, they're in the city now, the port. Mm-hmm. And also in the port now are uh, the Inquisitors. Yep. He meets uh, a lady who's part of, like, Tala. the resistance. Mm-hmm. Tala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, like, an underground railroad for Jedi, dude. I don't even think it's just necessarily Jedi. I yeah. think it's I think it's just, like, people who... Need to get away from the empire because, yeah. like, he helps the 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 smuggler dude from the last ep- from episode two helps like a family escape as well. Right? Yeah. And he and he mentions that like they're also on the the path. Right. Yeah. And so that's that's Tala is the character's name. It's Indira Varma, if I'm saying yeah, that correctly. Yeah, she was from uh, Game of Thrones. In Game as of Thrones, well. yeah. Um, she did great. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, helps Obi Wan and Leia. Yeah. Takes him along this like underground railroad path. Uh, although, eventually Obi Wan has to separate from them. Right. That brings us to like the the thing that the everyone's main been conflicts. waiting for. Yeah, I mean, Reva is, has made her play like her power play at this point. She's taking orders directly from Vader, right. superseding like all of the Inquisitors. Vader tells her, you know, if you succeed in getting me Obi-Wan, you will be made Grand Inquisitor. Mm, yep. So that's like we're furthering that power struggle. She's aiming for that. She's beefing with the fifth brother. Yeah. About uh, who's getting control of everything. Mm-hmm. But then we find ourselves with the Inquisitors at this town with Vader himself leading the charge. As as Obi-Wan's... You know, moving through the town, he just feels it. I, he's walking. Yeah, he's just making his way down, and then he just stops. Vader stops dead in his tracks and just looks for a second. You're like, oh, man. And then, you know, once again, we we bring up this recurring plot point mm-hmm. of the best bait for a Jedi is senseless human carnage. Dude, in the worst way. And Vader just starts grabbing people. He forced pulls a man out of his window, starts choking him up. His, his son, son comes out, and then Vader dude. just pushes his son's head against the wall. Or no, he just cracks him, right? Well, he pushes him back. He's like force push. I'm like, okay, yeah, I expected that. But then he twists his arm and breaks the kid's fucking neck. And then, yeah, and then the, and the mother is just too. like sitting there. Oh, my God. And then he starts force choking somebody else, and he's just, just dragging, dragging them yeah. behind him. He's basically just waiting for Obi-Wan to pop out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Obi-Wan hasn't used the lightsaber in 10 years. Yes. He's fucking scared, man. It, he finally does, st- when he finally does step out. Yeah. He runs. Yep. He, he steps out and, you know, makes contact with Vader. And then he's like, fuck. <laughs> and then he just runs. <laughs> yeah. And this scene, man, like, I love how, like, it's dark. We're away from the lights. And a lot of what is lighting. Seeing Vader just emerge yeah. from the darkness, he comes dude. out of straight shadow. I'm like, dude, this is some Batman shit. Yeah, like, no, I legit. Am, they think I'm in the shadows. Yes. I am the shadows. Um, and then, you know, he gets the drop on Obi-Wan and. Yep. We get our we get our first oh, lightsaber action, God. and man, their first you know reunion in ten years. The years have made you weak, Obi Wan. <laughs> oh my God! Just Vader one-handed, one-handed, one-handed swings, like just, 
Obi-Wan is so desperately with his two hands, he's just blocking, blocking, and Vader pulls a Luke, man. You know when Luke goes in on him in episode yeah. six and Luke's like, boom, 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 just hitting his just, lightsaber? It's, it's b- so brutal. Vader's doing that with one hand on his ass, Calls pushing him out, him down. Um, you know, you haven't been doing any training yeah. or anything like that. You've gotten weak in the last ten years. I've gotten stronger. Yeah. Dude, and then we we get to this moment where where these like flammable rocks are spilled in between them. Yeah, Vader, it's like he's like, okay, I'm done fucking around. Force choke, Obi Wan. He could have been dead right there, man. Yeah, no, I I was like, wait a second, what? He uses his saber to ignite the to ignite the rocks, and there's just a wall of flame. You will feel what you have done to me. Oh my God! Now you will suffer. And just throws him right in. And lets him cook there, dude. I wish I wish I had my phone out recording your face, dude. I like it was in You were like in awe, man. He was like, in there for a while. He was just cooking him, dude. Oh my god. And then, the, and then Tala, Tala is the one who comes back. Arrives and yeah. Vader like takes the flames down. But first off, the cinematography with the flames. Oh, beautiful. Just just seeing Vader standing with flames up to his chest, and you just, they're all reflecting off of his suit, man. Mm-hmm. And There's then, the one shot focused on his eyes where the flames yes. are just enveloping his yes. eyes. Oh, fucking beautiful, man. Tala beautiful. shows up, and like, yeah, after Vader like puts the fire out, Tala shows up and like reignites a bigger section of the fire yeah. that's like not where Obi-Wan is to like set up like a firewall of sorts. Right. And that has gives like a us little the has a little robot come in and remove Obi-Wan from the situation. Yeah. Yep. Vader is just left to watch. Yeah. And he just like you like you were talking about the shot of like the fire in his eyes oh just Oh god. No sound like no emotion from Vader other than just that shot of the of him staring into the flames as he right. watches Obi-Wan be taken away from him. Dude, it's like I we've been waiting so long to see that that reconnection. And it was nuts. I can't wait for episode four. Um oh, like I, yeah, I can't no, wait to insane. see where it's I mean three more episodes, that's it, man. Like yeah. I have no clue where this is gonna go, but I'm really excited to see I mean, we know that these characters are both alive by the end of it, but it's like Yeah. Like you know that what they're like, surviving, but it's right. like how do they interact further? Exactly. And and what happens to this trauma? How does Obi-Wan deal with it? Because by the time we see Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan and he's facing Vader, you know, he's very he's very much peace. He's, yeah, very he's, much he's, so. He's like, he, he remembers, my time's over, man. He like, remembers Anakin as a good friend. Right. And he, he's like very at terms, and I see that now. Um it really adds a lot to Alec Guinness's Obi Wan too. Now that I'm thinking, like I really need to go back and watch A New Hope now yeah, after watching seeing, seeing this series because it's like now you have an encapsulated, you know, you you have his whole story there. Yes, you know what I mean? Very much so. Um, so I mean, it's just been great. It's been my most anticipated uh, Star Wars show because you know there's a little bit of Star Wars fatigue here and there with all the shows yes. pumping out. And there's I, no I, way to not feel that. Exactly, and I'm still going to feel that going forward. I think with some of the new like announcements of shows, mm-hmm. there's just not everything hits just because there's so much. Of course, I'm going to watch it, and my kids love it, so oh, I yeah, love watching it sure. with them. Um, but this is the one I've been waiting for. You know, was, I mean, it's you know, it's been ma- it's made for us. Exactly, and and they they came together. They utilized the technology for the Mandalorian. They got back into their practical effects. You know, they I feel like they've mastered their visual element yeah. way more by this point to where it's really at its peak. And we get to see Ewan McGregor in his peak, I feel like. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like Absolutely, I'm, yeah. So, like so much – he gets to do so much acting in this because it's not – I mean the prequels are so much – you're packing so much into those prequels. You know, there's just so many scenes that have to be done. It's, like, quick. There's great acting in it, of course, but, like... Oh, yeah, for sure. This is, like, we get to see close-ups of him just dealing with inner t- turmoil, yeah. and he does fan-fucking-tastic. Like, you know, I think of, like, the shot of him seeing the holo- the hologram of uh, Anakin in Episode Three, and he just, when he, like, does the... Yeah. The oh handovers, and that's, like, yep. probably the... 
one of the more expressive scenes that you get of right. him. Exactly. I mean, like, you, you, can, you can definitely see, like, his anguish in the Mustafar scene. For sure. Oh, but beautiful like, scene, yeah. In in Obi-Wan, just seeing him deal with, you know, Owen saying that you killed Anakin and... Right. You're going to train him, train his son like you trained him. Exactly. And, you know, dealing with all that turmoil, calling out to Qui-Gon. That's something, yeah, we didn't get to mention, but, like, he, like, we're at such a, like, lost, he's at such a lost point where he, he's, he's scared and he, he's, he feels alone and he doesn't know what to do. My man just wants to talk to his master. Mm-hmm. He wakes up from a nightmare and he's just like, master? <laughs> calls out to him like he Master Qui-Gon like I'm like, like dude like he'll be there man I'm gonna fucking cry it, it, <laughs> it hurts man if we, I'm just saying if if Liam Neeson is somehow in this I'll freak out dude uh, yeah no it just yeah, yeah oh my god <laughs> no he's alive that'd be fucking well nuts. I'm just even like even if I it's just his voice I would love speaking it. to I would him I love it anything so yeah, no, I've just I it has exceeded expectations on every front. I yes. fucking love this thing. If you haven't watched it uh, by this point, we we pretty much <laughs> laid it out for yeah. you. But still, uh, if you're if you're here, you you know you right. you've watched it. Right, right. Um, always feel free to send us thoughts. You know, send us your thoughts on on what you thought about it. Um, we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of stuff on this podcast. We just wanted to dedicate the first episode to Star Wars, being that it's the 45th anniversary. Something so. near and dear to our hearts. Exactly. So stick around. We're going to have a whole bunch of different topics for you guys. We want to even incorporate some video to our podcast as soon as we get rolling a little bit more. So we'll be talking about a lot of stuff in the coming episodes, guys. Stick around. Oh, yeah. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for joining us.